Far North Tokers. This is episode 85, March 18, 2018. Your host, Mid Toker. Thank you all for listening. Today we have an update from Lee Malloy, International Church of Cannabis. Jury trial? Stalled? We'll let him talk about it. Very special day for Mid Toker and Stone Free. We've been married for 19 years today. Got married in Vegas. Mm, I haven't been back to Vegas since. It has been a wonderful adventure with this lady. She is not a consumer of cannabis, but has consumed cannabis. She grew up in Alaska when it was legal. Parents water the next door neighbor's plants. I think she just grew up kind of like smoking cigarettes, you know, it's something she didn't do. It is something I do. When we met, unfortunately for both of us, I was more of a drinker, bartending. I'm so happy those days are gone. I don't think I've drank a case of beer in six months. It's been good, been good. Not sure if it was a replacement. Just have now have more access. Always been an escape. Medication. Lots of things. Wellness. Stone free. I know it's been a hard ride for her being married to a stoner. Probably the biggest thing she does not like is the smell. I don't even notice it. She tolerates it. Mmm. Got to work on a lot of things with my consumption. Being the third wheel in a relationship, huh? With cannabis. I don't think any of the women I have dated were cannabis consumers. Just something I always did. It's kind of interesting. I always thought I would like to have to there and share a joint with my lady. I think I do. It's just something I have to myself now. She has her things. I have my things. It's worked out. Smell. How about money? When you enjoy something that your partner doesn't, it doesn't really seem that necessary to them, does it? Let me find ways around it. Here I am. I love cannabis so much. I'm in the industry get to talk about it, play with it, enjoy it. Mm. I think I have Stone Free coming on for episode 100. And I'm going to let her speak and let her tell you so much more than I can even imagine. It's probably going to be a painful day for me. But it's been a long time coming. Maybe we can get her to smoke on episode 100, huh? I don't know. (sighs) Ah. Mm. I love you, babe. 19 years. Mm. Love you. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. Hey, good morning, Lee. This is Mid Toker. Hey, how's it going? Good. Welcome back here with. Lee Malloy, the International Church of Cannabis, and we're going to find out how the 
the law is taking it to him or not taking it to him. I, sounds like a little delayed tactic, maybe, or what's going on, Lee? Sure. So um, basically, we were in court. Well, why were you in court, Lee? I was talking to someone yesterday. Well, I'm going to be talking to Lee tomorrow, the guy at the International Church uh -huh. of Cannabis. And they're like, well, they're just going to shut that down if we started up here. And I'm like, well, that's what's going on with Lee. That's why we got to pay attention to what's going on down there. Right, right. Well, yeah, I mean, basically, the way it works here in Colorado is it's, it's illegal to smoke in public, period. And a church is considered to be a public space. So when we had our 420 celebration last year, basically, we had 11 undercover cops were sent to the celebrations to try and get in. A couple of them got in. Therefore, they, they said that it wasn't a public, it was a public event because they were able to get in, even though they basically were gate crashing. Yeah, can you explain that a little bit, Lee? I can't explain it. You said under undercover. What was what was going on there? We had a, a 420 event that was, we, we used in, uh, Eventbrite invitations. It was uh, a private event that you had to have gotten an invitation to so you needed to have either come to the church personally or been someone, you know, that we know to invite you. So that was straight up infiltration then? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They, I mean, someone, someone tried, they got a, they got an invite yeah. somehow or they were under, were, ugh, I'm so confused about this right now. So they spent time getting to know you guys and like a FBI sting. Or yeah, I mean, who knows what they? But yeah, they basically sent a bunch of cops in. A couple got in. They said it was uh, not. A, it was not a private event. So fast forward to us then, uh, being uh, being accused of firstly uh, consuming cannabis in public space, but also falling foul of the Colorado Clean. Uh, indoor wear act which was originally written for to protect people from tobacco you know people that worked in a place uh, where people were smoking tobacco right. so that they wasn't you know didn't have to smoke tobacco whereas you know here that doesn't really apply because there's no not not a single person walks through the door without knowing a exactly what we are or wanting to be a part of it so other than the cops i guess did you know any of the people who turned coat or were they friends of yours? No, I mean it was all it was just uh, just cops, was it? You know, it was just, so I don't oh. know. So I so basically yeah, we ended up gotcha. in court, in the courtroom. The various police officers were all you know subpoenaed for the day. So that's a whole wasted day of police officer time for a bunch of cops. They got a, a jury of twenty one people, a, a jury pool of twenty one that they brought forward to, to which we had to get down to a degree of six. The way it works is that as the prosecution can dismiss six members of the jury, uh, the defense can six, dismiss six members of the jury, and then the judge can also dismiss members of the jury as he, see, he or she sees fit because of uh, he doesn't think they can be fair or whatever. Did jury nullification ever come up? There's no jury nullification in Colorado. It's not legal. Um, oh, wow. But what gotcha. did happen was that as the juries select, trying to select the jury, you know, you had members of the jury literally standing up saying, just, I don't understand what's happening here. You know, you're, you're wasting taxpayer money trying to uh, convict these people of something that we already voted to be legal. This is ridiculous. You know, another member of the jury basically stood up there and because what happened was because there was no evidence of actually me 
or any of my two co-defendants having actually smoked on 420. There was, there was no evidence of it at all. And one of the reasons being was I actually didn't smoke until everyone else had gone home. Yeah. Once everyone had gone home and we'd got, wow. and you know, we're done with the press and we got everything cleared up and the day was over, I sat back and enjoyed myself here in the chapel and, you know, and did my thing. But so there was no evidence of me smoking, but they just presumed I would have been smoking. So it issued me a, t- a citation. Yeah. So then when they realized they didn't have any evidence of us actually having done anything, then they, then they tried to, instead of convicting us through municipal court, they tried to take us through county court because then they could do this thing, use a legal theory, uh, complicity. And there's this legal theory of complicity that if you make a situation that someone else can break the law and you knew that that's what they intended to do, then you can be found guilty of that. So because, mm, yeah, so as we are like basically created this space, you know, where people could come and you know, consume that cannabis sacrament, you know, they're saying, well, then you're complicit with the crime of them smoking. Yeah. And you had a member of the jury just stood up and just went, well, so you're telling me you're trying to convict them for something that another adult adult did making an adult choice. And I like, yeah, and, they're, they're, and they're, she's just like, this, this was a jury member at first who I thought I was going to dismiss because she seemed too conservative. She's just like, this is ridiculous, you know? So, and, it, and we had jury members making these statements. So it got down to the point that uh, we ended up with five members of the jury, only five out of 21, who said that they could be fair, which isn't enough to actually seat a full jury of six. So then the judge had to call a mistrial. So we had a mistrial, and then the next date that we could all get back together again to hold the trial is July the 11th, when the city attorney's office have already said they want a seat, they want a jury pool of 50 to pick from next time, just to make sure that they this, this problem doesn't come up again. Wow, they really they delay you guys what of uh, four? Yeah, or five so that means now? that it will have been 15 months since the date of the crime they're trying to charge us for, which is on 420 of last year, and we'll have another 420 in. Uh, good. I, I was going to ask you that. So you guys are still planning your 420 um, gathering again? Of course. Uh, bless you, Lee. I'm going to, I'll be thinking of you guys that day. Has there been any letters given to you guys about it yet? Uh, what do you mean any letters? Well, like letters saying, okay, we know you're going to do it. You already, you're in trouble one time. Uh, no, do it again. No, nothing. No, we've met. Are you guys going to send out letters again? Uh, yeah. Invitations? Yeah, for sure. No, I mean we've we've made it very oh, clear man. we're not we're not we're not backing down on this. And 420 also falls on a Friday. Friday has been since we opened our service evening when we have our services. So and actually 420 will be a Friday this year. So I think it will be a very interesting situation to see the cops break into, you know, try and get into a religious a regularly scheduled religious services, you know, and then try and do what? We'll see. Uh, oh, they will. I, I, that's that's amazing. They're definitely going to yeah. try, Lee, huh? The police just mess up and not gather evidence, or what? That seems pretty elementary. If they can't get you on, because there wasn't even any of. Because I literally, I wasn't just. Well, not you, but uh, the people that were the on site, like when they came on and they stopped people from smoking. Didn't gather any evidence on the day. Very little. They came in with body cams, hidden body cams, which they were able to walk around. Gotcha. Yeah. 
because nobody would, they didn't know where anybody was. The only people they could identify was myself and a couple of my co-founding members here. But every image that they took of us was was not consuming cannabis, just standing around or helping somebody or talking to the press or doing something else. You know, so there was no, they have no evidence of actually any of us consuming cannabis. And because they don't know who any of the just the regular people attending are, they couldn't cite them with any crimes. So they they kind of left, and then they came back three or four days after 420 last year uh, with citations. So they were ordered to go back and give us citations by the city attorney's office, even though they didn't have any evidence. You know they're going to be back with body cams, and they're going to do it right this time, right? Well, they're going to try, but you know we're also going to be more aware and be more knowledgeable of what to look out for. So. Right, and and again, you're doing nothing wrong. Exactly, exactly. Man, I I really appreciate your your group, and you're fighting above what a lot of people are. You're fighting front lines against the cannabis, the anti-cannabis regime. Wow, you're you're right there. That's that's awesome. And thank you, guys. Well, we're doing our best, and hopefully, we won't let you down in the future. You know, and make it work, and start setting a precedent for other people to be able to do the same thing. That's kind of what our goal is. Yeah, good for you. Anything else that you want to share with us before we get going here? We really appreciate you coming on and giving us a quick update. No, not at all. This time, I think we're, we're, you know, that's pretty much our focus now. We'll be 420 for this year and to move forward with it and to try and do the best we can. And uh, and then, you know, we'll be back in court again in July. All right, Lee. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check in on you after uh, 420 and see what happens, all right? Great. Sounds good. All right, Lee. Take care. And you. Take care now. Bye-bye. See you. Think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and clouds of white. From Leafly, want to try cannabis with your partner? Six tips for first-time cannabis couples by Ashley Monta. A reader emailed to ask about tips for long-term couples consuming cannabis together when neither of them has tried it before. Many couples have utilized cannabis to enhance intimacy, which can feel especially exciting if it's a brand new experience for everyone involved. I typically suggest using cannabis solo before bringing in a partner, but if the idea of doing it together for the first time is part of the appeal, here are some tips to help you get started. Do the prep work. If you're brand new to cannabis, you might not know any of the steps required to obtain it. For folks over 21 living in a recreational state, you can simply walk into a dispensary and get what you like. Ask a bud tender for newbie recommendations. If you live in a medical state, you'll need a valid state ID and a recommendation from a doctor. Choose your own adventure. Sex is whatever you want it to be, so incorporating cannabis for the first time as a couple is a perfect chance to hang up your typical routine and come up with an entirely new, personalized game plan for what you're hoping to get out of the experience. Maybe you just want to make out. Maybe you want to lie next to each other and masturbate and then share how it felt for each of you. The cool thing about being an adult is you get to make your own rules, as long as everyone is consenting. As always, negotiate before you medicate, and then keep checking in, which leads me to check in frequently. This is a great opportunity to practice checking in with each other, preferably verbally. But if you've been together long enough to know your partner's facial expressions, a look, an eyebrow raise, might be all it takes to communicate. I just want to make sure things are still going well for you. 
In a lot of ways, this is a brand new sexual experience for both of you. So checking in ensures that everyone is having a good time and creates space to make adjustments if needed. Pace yourself and don't forget about non-psychoactive methods. The golden rule of edibles, start low and go slow, also applies to new cannabis users for any method of consumption. Start with one puff of flour or one head of a vape. Inhalation effects set in pretty quickly, so you only need to wait 10 to 15 minutes before deciding if you want more. While you're at the dispensary, pick up a bottle of infused oil for massage. It's a great way to get things started and it can feel a lot safer for a new user to enjoy the somatic benefits of cannabis without the head high. Be mindful. The goal of combining cannabis and sex is not to numb out. Be present and notice the sensations that arise in your body over the course of your experience. Share these observations with your partner and ask what's happening for them. If you're extra nerdy, jot down some notes afterward about what you imbibed, how much, how long it took you to feel the effects, and what the effects were. I gaze and cuddle, belly to belly. One of my favorite techniques for enhancing intimacy is eye gazing. You'd be shocked at how much of our lives we spend not making eye contact. For this, it's best to be laying on a flat, comfortable surface facing one another. You get close, literally belly to belly, and wrap your arms around each other. Then you gaze into the left eye of your partner. In Tantra, the left eye is considered the receptive eye. Do it for as long as it feels comfortable. Try one to two minutes at first and notice what you find there. Many people report feeling more deeply connected with their partner after this exercise. What are some of your experiences using cannabis with a partner for the first time? You can share them with me at midtoker at farnorthtokers.com. It's M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. I'll read some of them next time. The bright, blessed day, the dark, sacred night. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Couples and Cannabis, The Love Triangle. Medium.com, written by Talent Undisputed, April 24th, 2017. Slowly climbing out of a taboo, couple meets and wonders if the other will accept that herbal skeleton in the closet. Both know it's harmless and relaxing, but not something that's worth missing a potential lifetime opportunity. Good thing the couple is in agreement. Its history of enhancing a conversation and igniting relationships allows couples to dig into a part of someone who wouldn't have had to hide their affinity for the plant. With that, new conversations once feared to be spoken out loud are now spoken in platforms of medicinal, recreational, and financial. Talks can become less superficial with increased clarity and perception. It creates the potential to get lost in a conversation that lands you somewhere you've never been. Knowing more about a person than most, since many can't share that sort of comfort without, with something, being hindered by stereotypes. As we excuse those who drink their reasons and responsibilities away, Mary Jane relaxes our minds as we clearly comprehend the circumstances to rectify our battles. That longing for cohesiveness in a group smoke session holds sane when reduced to just two. One could argue an intensity flux. Many know the feeling. It's okay to admit that Mary Jane is part of your relationship, because more couples than you think can thank it for making them laugh instead of cry, relax instead of rage. It's been shown that relationships where both partners smoke have a lower risk of domestic violence, helping to balance out emotions. Putting one's mind to ease prior to hashing it out gives the debate a good head start. Research suggests that 
cannabinol, or CBD, helps in the relief of symptoms and illnesses like anxiety and panic attacks, affecting the same serotonin receptors that are in control when emotions are high. When it comes to sex, Mary Jane is your friend there as well. Studies have shown that the THC in cannabis triggers the same sensual nerves that sweaty friction during sex does. We can try to deny the importance of physical intimacy in a relationship, but that doesn't make it go away. The THC in Mary Jane is a natural sexual boost right off that high until it's time for bed. It's proven that lack of sleep will set a stuttering pace of any day and can lead mounts of stress to flow in a relationship. Indica weed allows you to relax when you need to alleviate some of the unnecessary stress. We can't deny that any type of stress, directly or indirectly, will affect one's attitude, thus giving opportunities for nitpicking. Relationships will be put to the test countless times throughout its journey. The type of relationship does not change that fact. Using something natural to add value could take your relationship to a level you wouldn't think of. How many friends complain about their partner's nagging, not wanting to have sex, nothing in common? Cannabis may be the simpler answer to many questions. Just remember, cannabis can be a positive tool in life. It can enhance connections, but not all. Some will not accept similar hobbies, and it's important to know that it's okay. Compatibility is key in relationships, and if you find a partner that shares your interest, see where it goes. Whether we believe in opposites attract or if it's familiarity in every way, there's no way around cannabis potential positive factors in relationships. What would you think if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out? Now be a patron. Far North Tokers at patreon.com slash midtoker. Listeners supporting the artist financially for as little as $2 a month. You can steer the show through guest suggestions and reviews. Patreon helps continue new weekly shows. Let's me know Far North Tokers is important to you, and I can just keep on keeping. Thank you. Special nod this week to new patrons, Marilyn Berglund, Carrie Mullis, and Aaron Worley. And also Peggy Peters and Randlin Ranger for being first. Thank you for supporting our moment. From allbud.com, five relationship problems you might face if your partner doesn't smoke weed. March 21st, 2017. Are potheads doomed to a lonely life? Some ex-partners claim there's no way a couple will survive when only one of the two smokes weed. Pothead is an operative word here. The total pothead may have a lot of relationship problems, but marijuana smokers can still enjoy a normal, personal, romantic, and sexual relationship with a partner who does not smoke. The relationship between a weed smoker and a partner who does not partake may have problems. All relationships face challenges. Smoking weed may or may not end the relationship, but so may other behaviors. Five relationship problems you might face if your partner doesn't smoke weed. Millions smoke marijuana as therapy for many physical and psychological problems. As state legislatures prove possession and use of cannabis products, pot smokers feel enabled and entitled. So, weed may soon have a presence in more relationships than not. That may present problems for some couples. Problem 1. Total Stoner If one part of your relationship is a deeply and chronically stoned pothead, even a tolerant partner may feel neglected and excluded. The 
total pothead clearly chooses the weed experience over the bond and communication of a sustainable relationship. The weed experience is private and personal, so even when the smoker talks about the experience, the other party will feel left out. Frequent sharing only aggravates the problem as the non-smoker tires of hearing about the smoker's experience. What one partner thinks of as sharing wears thin over time. Problem number two, big spender. Smoky weed comes with a real cost, black market or white. The product costs money. Above ground prices include heavy taxes and considerable overhead. A user will consciously or unconsciously invest considerable money. The occasional user might compare the purchase to that of a bottle of fine wine, a special personal treat. But the chronic and daily weed smoker puts a lot of money into the habit. When that money comes out of the household budget, it drains the relationship. It leads to arguments and addictive spending. Problem number three, life avoidance. Smoking weed leads to psychological and physical escape, stronger for some than for others. Any relationship enjoys the occasional escape from daily or unexpected stress and pain, but psychological escape can be addictive. When one partner consistently chooses escape, he or she is opting out of the relationship. They may look to weed as the first recourse for life's problems. The partners may not realize this is happening, but eventually the non-smoker feels the isolation. The relationship often follows a pattern in which the smoker slowly increases tolerance for the weed high and loses tolerance for the partnership. Problem four, personal habits. When relationships start, the partners experience and share mutual joys. They might travel or work together. They talk about mutual interests and explore shared adventures. They have friends that include them in discussions and experiences. But some partners adopt or slip into poor personal habits. They neglect personal hygiene and carry the skunk smell of marijuana in their clothing, hair, and breath. Non-smokers may find this objectionable. Problem number five, value shift. All relationships change over time. They deepen as each partner comes to respect and appreciate the other values. They might bond over politics, school loyalties, religious beliefs, and more. As these bonds deepen, there is some trade-off. Each party brings something to the table, but they give up something or gain something of value. Smoking weed can upset that balance. If, for example, a partner increases smoking frequency or spending over time, it taxes that tolerance. If the smoker's behavior contributes to the partner's stress and health, it will weaken and break the bond eventually. The colors of the rainbow, so pretty in the sky, are also on the faces of people going by. I see friends shaking hands. What causes such problems? Zen Queen, writing on the Girls Ask Guys forum, summarized the problem. He loved weed more than me. It got to be all he cared about. He was working three jobs to support his habit and didn't have enough time for me. I feel like he was pushing aside a lot of his emotional problems by smoking weed. But this kind of thing could happen if alcohol, opioids, meth, or other factors were involved children, in-laws, and infidelity present similar challenges. Anything that draws and consumes one partner's attention puts the entire relationship at risk. What to do about it? Users also should recognize that increased accessibility to marijuana has coincided with increased potency, so that occasional tope may make social behavior angry, hostile, or aggressive. It may prompt a paranoia or delusions. It may lock down the smoker. It therefore benefits the weed smoker to reconsider the strain used. Smokers looking for an occasional and light experience should choose strains with lower THC scores to reduce the psychoactive effects. Smokers looking for calming and soothing therapies for pain and disease should look for high CBD scores. 
In either case, the partner should discuss the use. As with any other relationship factors or habits, open communication put things on the table. It's important for the non-smoker to know what the smoker gets out of it, what they will spend for it, and what they consider a level of tolerance. The smoker needs to know what the non-smoker objects to, what level of spending the non-smoker sees as conscientious, and what the non-smoker sees in the smoker's behavior. Despite personal stories about failed relationships, you won't find researched evidence that smoking marijuana causes relationship problems. If it is a factor in a breakup, it's only one influence among others. When weed becomes a third party in the relationship, it should not upset the relationship's balance. If overused or abused, it will destroy partnerships. When welcomed to the relationship for what it is, smoking weed can enhance the relationship by putting partners at ease and relieving physical and psychological stresses. But it seems the one who smokes weed has some large responsibility in the relationship management. I watch them grow They'll learn much more Than I never know Hey, hey! Thank you for joining us on Far North Tokers. You can find more episodes of this time capsule of Alaskan cannabis on SoundCloud and iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, send questions and comments to midtoker at farnorthtokers.com, M-I-D-T-O-K-E-R at farnorthtokers.com. And now, Patreon helps support the show financially at patreon.com slash midtoker. Here's Token. Here's Token.